0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, listeners. It's your girl, Amber, and this is your reminder at the top of the episode to join our Patreon. So, we just had three new patrons come on over to the, the dark side, the science fiction and fantastical side. Huge shout-out to Genesis, Kia, and Taylor. Taylor. As you also know, we do a monthly book ravel for our patrons. And last month we gave away the city we became. Jazz, the city we became is coming your way. We're we were getting our nursery together, friend. But I got you. I'm sending it out tomorrow. The book we'll be giving away next month is The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. We read that book on the show. So we will be giving away that book not on that date uh you gotta oh, you got to update the outline uh we'll be giving away that book in february so that's gonna be great so now with that being said just a reminder if you are looking to join our patreon it is you can find that link in the episode notes and it's just a monthly contribution you can give one dollar two dollar five dollars a month it's easy peasy okay let's get started with the show let's get this pussy popping <laughs> yes it's that kind of show Watch me work, man. Watch me work. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today for episode 68... We'll be discussing the film Sankofa by Haile Garima. I know listeners last week, I talked about how we were going to watch needle in a time stack, but we went on Amazon prime and Amazon was like, this movie will be completely free to rent in 12 days or free to watch rather. So we were like, you know what? Let's just wait it out. That was our bad listeners. So thank you for being patient with us. We will be doing needle in a time stack after those 12 days. But right now we're covering Sankofa on Netflix.
1: Yeah. like why spend money when you don't have to? Right? Like why buy well, coffee when you can make coffee at the house? Why buy music a- when you could play your own guitar?
0: Uh, a, a myriad of reasons. Well, you know, I gave you pushback at first because I was like, no, like we need to be consistent. You know, my big thing is consistency. We told the listeners we were going to do this and now you're switching it up when well, you should have done your research. And then it probably started another argument about how you're disorganized and we probably got to it. Right. Um, but well, the
1: real, the real reason it, it was going to cost like six bucks to rent. I'm like, well, we pay for Amazon Prime because I love The Expanse and other TV shows from Amazon. So I was like, what the fuck? Like, w- let's just wait 12 days. Sorry, I didn't check it before. Also, the other right, that, reason... That's
0: the, say that one more time.
1: I didn't check it before. And say
0: it just one more time. So
1: sometimes, you know, running a podcast requires you to plan. And it planning takes time. And Amber, you know, being pregnant requires a lot of time for me and sometimes i don't always have a lot enough time for my passion projects the sci-fi sci is my passion project uh we love having authors on we love talking discussing so please support the patreon uh because with that i could quit my day job and just do this full time so i wouldn't make mistakes with the schedule because not you you
0: blaming your lack of organization on the pregnancy
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I'm gonna everything that goes wrong in my life now. It's like I got drunk. The pregnancy,
0: right? Even though I'm not drinking with you, you're no. current. You're even currently drinking. What are you drinking side, right now? Sideswiped.
1: No. Sideswiped. Uh, well, wait.
0: Uh, answer my question first, and then we'll, we're gonna get to your most embarrassing story. Uh, which okay, talk so
1: about. Um, I am drinking a cream ale. It almost tastes mm. like uh, it sounds sick for like you know the root beer that a w root beer you know
0: i don't like root beer
1: oh so they made a cream soda cream soda was one of my favorite drinks growing up Ugh. so this sort of has a cream soda flavor
0: vanilla shit ever i'm sorry I keep going cream
1: soda like how many people here drink cream soda not a lot of people vanilla shit is like basic bitches right. which in many ways i'm a basic bitch but yes. basic bitches don't drink cream soda that's not a Part of my basic bitchery
0: okay okay i'm sorry for coming for you now, no i'm just I-
1: saying like come for me correctly come for me
0: so you're are you're arguing that you're basic or you're not
1: i'm arguing that i'm basic but the reasons i'm basic is not because i like cream soda what, that's what's, actually what's an exceptional basic? uh you know i like star trek and i'm a white dude
0: <laughs> okay, I'll take that, uh, Ben. So why don't you? Because we didn't share this on TikTok. I, I made an executive decision to withhold this from the masses of the internet to I mean, spare we, your ego. We both. can
1: still do it. No, I think anything for over. a dollar. No, isn't that you, your motto?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, for for the for the sake of the order, yes. But here's the thing: you were so distraught about what you did you weren't even in the right mind to make a joke out of it and film well. So I didn't get good footage. I had footage. some
1: serious castration anxiety.
0: Castration anxiety. Okay, wait, why don't, uh, so yeah, just so, so we're clear. I was fearful of lis- my manly I know, listeners, he did not get castrated or something like that. Just, well, metaphorically speaking. Okay, why don't you share start to finish what you did on accident and then we'll take it from there.
1: Okay, so Breathe. essentially, you know, I bought Amber a car using our money probably mostly amber's money at this point (laughs) and i you know amber was like uh, you know i really don't want to figure out car buying so i went spent all the time and anyway got a hybrid was super excited uh and got the size the dimensions amber felt comfortable with it we drove down all the way to georgia with it we got covid all up in that car. It was fantastic. So this car... COVID car. We've had this car for a month and my dumbass, after taking some friends out for uh, breakfast we're driving back and I had to take a shit so fucking bad <laughs> I was starting to feel a little anxious so I went to park in our garage and we live in a fucking city and we have a garage. We have a parking spot which is really unheard of really in our neighborhood. you, you know, And we have... It's just, it's a rare thing. So super grateful for that. And when I go to pull in, I scrape the car and Amber's like, and I'm like, all right, well, I need to back out. And so when I back out, I just crunch and rip out the p- passenger side uh, mirror. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm just like looking at this dangling thing. It's like a broken arm. It's just <laughs> it's like
0: a tooth hanging out somebody's a tooth mouth. tooth
1: hanging out someone's mouth. It was awful. And I'm freaking out, and I just stand there with my ha- hands like clapped on my head, just staring at this thing being like, I- I'm not fit to be a father.
0: <laughs> and how did I respond to you?
1: With support, love. You were super, super chill about it. But then you're the only annoying thing is you're like, okay, let's actually create a funny TikTok video about this. <laughs> <laughs> where I sent you to the grocery store and you accidentally, br- and I was like, I am so embarrassed. Yeah, you I don't want to see place. all, I was not, I think now, like anything for a laugh, I get it. Like, this is how you make money. This is your full time fucking job. We should have, cl- you know. And
0: it actually happened. I was like, okay, Ben, I know that you're really upset, but when. You immediately
1: we- started laughing too when it I happened. I did not. You, were, I was, you I thought was, it was funny, which I was said, helpful.
0: I said, okay, Ben, you know what? I'm safe. The baby's safe. You're safe. We just hit the car. We're going to get it fixed. Are you okay? I said that. Yeah, you you were super. And then I was like, and now, before I start crying, let's make this a funny video. Because that mirror just went crunch. It ruined my whole day. And I started calling you Captain Crunch. Yeah. And then, but you were not, you could not even. I
1: just was so embarrassed because I had spent all this time finding out the right car. You know, it it was, you know, the market price for a hybrid has shot up because there's a lack of of you know um microchips being produced and so i paid more than i should have um but i believe in the mission of not you know destroying our world and so i really wanted an ev that's going to be the next step for me but i was like all right hi- i will start with hybrids anyway it just a lot of like person i just like part of my personhood was just manlyhood was just attacked by my idiotic
0: and now you're kind of in this place where you don't even want to drive. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: <laughs> I was we, like we, went, we we would out you. We went and got some food today. Um, Amber looks fucking gorgeous. Uh, she got oh, her we'll she there. got a she got her face beat uh, <laughs> by a great makeup artist. And uh, when we were coming back, I was like, can you just drive? Can you be the one who parks it in the garage?
0: It's traumatic, Uh. but you'll get there. I thank you for being vulnerable, and and we'll get through it. Like if nobody got into an accident, like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, I I feel like that. I feel like pre-pregnancy Amber was would have been like, so uh, (laughs) like I would have been a kind of a cunt. But I feel like now that we have a kid on the way. We're gonna have so many things that are gonna be destroyed and colored yeah. on and broken and flipped and sure. Th- I, I'm gonna find my phone in the bottom of the bathtub. Like something's gonna happen, and <laughs> it's funny. And we're not. We cannot lose our cool like that. Uh, yes. And back to what you just said. I feel amazing. We yeah. took um, maternity photos today. We did. And. For the first time in a really long time, I felt like very beautiful, very sexy. Like, I'm playing back some of the footage and looking at the pics, and I was like, I look really good. And you know, that's not like I know other people have been telling me, like, you're glowing, like, you're pregnant, you're glowing. But it's really hard when. Like every day, you're putting on one of your shirts, and they're tighter, and
1: looking more like Pooh Bear every day.
0: Yeah, and and your husband's calling you Pooh Bear, and but
1: I mean that in the most respectful way. I really do. Who I love Pooh.
0: Fuck wants to feel like Pooh Bear.
1: I mean, Pooh just lives He's life. Not he rolls sexy. around.
0: Yeah, no, no one wants to-, to be compared to a character whose main physical trait is rolling around.
1: Apparently, there is a book though called Bear. Where a woman falls in love with a bear and has sex with a bear. so I mean some bears are fucking hot,
0: right. Well, that's not who you were referring to. You' were referring to the the shirt riding up on the belly because it was too tight.
1: the belly, but which it's is so fine. Cute.
0: I, I didn't I didn't take it offensively, but I feel like today was the first time in a long time that I remember feeling like very beautiful, yeah, and you looked pictures. fucking awesome, yeah, like even you had a moment where you were like, damn, wow, that's me. I was like, yeah. Well, it's
1: it's not me. It's you. But you allow me sometimes to enter you and to be a part of you.
0: You, Ben. <laughs>
1: no, I mean like enter your space. Yes. And also your vagina. I guess technically as well, oh, you do allow me.
0: Oh, my God. Ben, why don't you? We've done a nice check-in. Why don't you tell people where they can possibly see us in Chicago oh yeah soon?
1: So you can. Our address is.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So we're going to go to capricorn Forty Two. Rockin' in the Outer Realms. The theme this year is music, so we're going to be doing a panel on Janelle Monae. That's going to be on February 5th. It's on a Saturday. We'll What's be do- Capricorn? Capricorn, it's a local science fiction uh, convention. Super excited. Uh, I'm super pumped because uh, John Scalzi is going to be there, who is a very accessible uh, space opera writer. If um, and Tanya Ransom, who we've had on the show, she's going to be there virtually. She she's not uh, flying in. Um, that would be, I mean, it would be great if she if she were to you know come and we could meet her face to face. She's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. Ada Palmer, who I ran in one time on the CTA, and I was like you know fanboying. She wrote a, a book called uh, To Like the Lightning. A great you know like six hundred page science fiction, you know, five hundred years in the future type of of stuff. So I'm I'm very excited to go. I'm excited to, you know, do a a panel with you. And
0: I'm excited, but you know, I'm very nervous. I like things to be very polished. And as as much as I am very confident around like comedians and the night scene and crowd work and improv, I'm not as confident still. Even after a year of doing this podcast in my ability to like speak about science fiction, like I know everything.
1: Well, you—I mean, let's be real—you've probably read more black science fiction writers than most people uh, who will be here at a science fiction I know, convention. But
0: every now and then, you'll you'll hit me with a dagger, and I'm like, "Great, I know nothing about this genre." I,
1: I mean, you know, but you're talking with someone who part of my identity is is tied up in my. Um, ability to know about science fiction, so I can be a little caddy. The same way that you can mm-hmm. be a little caddy when it comes to, you know, most other things. Like what? Um, I think like musicians, or like I, I think a lot of the times I'll not know a black, a famous black actor, and you'll be like oh, racist. Uh, it's
0: it's it's like it's not just you not knowing; true. it's you misnaming
1: them. Yeah, also misnaming. Uh, m- maybe not so much. Or for example, uh, I didn't know who Claire Huxtable was. Right. We watched Jingle <laughs> Jangle. Isn't she in there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: oh, Felicia Rashad.
1: Yeah, yeah I yeah. didn't know who Felicia Rashad. And you're like, you are a terrible person not knowing. <laughs> Claire, Claire Huxtable Fle- is a national try-time. Yeah. Yeah, I-, I know. Yeah. Or or they're just like. I got you. Y- you'll be like, you know, Biz marquis died. I'm like, who?
0: oh my god you know what let's let's just talk about uh what we do know we do know that we have a lot of love for the people who take time out of their motherfucking day to go to apple podcast we cannot stop touching each other this episode i i might Mm -hmm. maybe later maybe later
1: why don't you put we, your mouth a little bit closer to no, the No, stop, stop,
0: stop for real. Because now we have visuals, so we gotta keep it kind of PG. Uh have-
1: to the microphone. <laughs> I know. Not I to know. my manlyhood that's been taken away like, from this, me.
0: This just became a sex podcast. Uh we just really do I, I, I feel like I have said the word thank you maybe two hundred times in the past week and I, I've meant it every single time. We cannot Can't thank have enough y'all gratitude. can have enough. For the things that you do to support us. And one of those things is writing Apple Podcast ratings. Literally, I know it takes time out of your day. There are some podcasts that I've listened to for years that I still haven't written reviews for. And the fact that y'all read us reviews is so rewarding and it makes me want to pay it forward. I say that to say, let's read a couple of Apple Podcast ratings. This one's from Audrey Abdella. When I first saw Amber on my FYP, that's for you page for those of you who don't TikTok. I was immediately attached to her style and love for plants. Once I listened to the podcast, I was attached. Y'all bring black science fiction to a different level. Yeah. All right. Uh the next one is from Okay.
1: I need some glasses. That's okay. I, I can just okay. let me scroll Zoom in.
0: That. Uh, Jen Jenny Eddie. Well, there's like lots of uh X's and D's and whatever. Okay. Janae
1: did XBBS.
0: Sweet. Janae did X B B S. Okay, cool. Um, Janae's review says if if that is how it's supposed to be. Stop moving it. I'm sorry. I got it now. I'm sorry. This is all absolutely adorable couple. I follow them on all social media and I absolutely love it. sorry. I follow them on all social media and I absolutely love their love. It reminds me so much of how life and love is supposed to be even with craziness. Oh, how yeah. sweet! man. Y'all are really like, this is nice. This means we are sometimes nice to each other. Maybe. Uh, and then this next one is from Tay fly. Thank you very much. First. I want to say Amber, I love you so much, girl. You are so funny and you have the best personality and how well you express yourself and Ben. You are the most blunt and honest person ever. And it's so lit. You guys are an amazing couple. And I started listening to the podcast due to...
1: Looking so, at you guys on social so, media. It's so late. It's, Due to looking okay. at
0: you guys on social media, but now that me and my boyfriend are getting into books, you gave us more to look into. Once again, thanks for everything you express to us. Yes. What the read fuck, more. Y'all? I'm so
1: happy that we're like getting people to read. If people would just fucking read, this has been everywhere. Deal with their fucking problems, the world would be a better fucking place. Just everybody fucking read.
0: Reading is like a lost art form at this point. I, I don't think I would be reading nearly as much as we if we if we weren't together. Yeah. And that was something that um today today my makeup artist who was doing my makeup was like, So were you in love when when you married Ben? <laughs> I don't know if she's going through something personally <laughs> or what, but it was it was a very she she didn't ask it ironically either. She's mm-hmm. like, I can tell you guys have a lot of love for each other. Like yeah, we do. did you know when you were getting married that you were in love? And I was I was explaining to her like in a not corny way, it probably is about to sound corny. Now. I was like, I knew I I've loved Ben a very very long time, but one of the things that really just did it for me is how much Ben loved to read, and how Ben wow. inspired me to like always have a book in my hand. Like you know, in high I didn't school, know that
1: was like a motivation for you to continue Uh, our relationship to love I didn't know that was like a reason for love I thought it was just like my you know attractive sort of compelling good looks I didn't know it was no (laughs) not
0: that at all Oh, come on. I I just got to go get another beer. Y'all
1: this cream ale. I'm going to cream this on my face.
0: It sounded like you were calling me like a female, but with cream in front of
1: cream ale! You're a cream ale.
0: Oh my God. Cause 'cause these cream males out here. Uh, (laughs) I really, but it is, it was, it was, you know, those little quirks when you know your partner's different from someone else. And it sounds so interesting, but I remember early in our relationship, you would come over to my house and you would have a book with you. And I'm just like, you came over here to just read next to me and you're like "Yeah." oh that's just. my
1: favorite thing to do and is i was like cuddle I, next to you and read
0: yeah but you know people nowadays read like at first i was taken aback because i'm like people read when they're like on the toilet like they read a magazine like the poop's not coming this will pass the time and so i for a long time or you know the father at the the breakfast table, reading the newspaper, in order to avoid talking to his family. So reading has kind of become a another pacifier in the way that social media can, um, in a lot of ways. Like you read a book on the train, so like this, you know, character on the train won't come talk to you or whatever. So when you would come over to hang out with me and be reading, I was initially thrown. I was like, oh, I was, am I boring him? And you're like, No, we just. We came to a natural pause in the conversation and now I'd like to just read near you. But it, it wow. became sort of a you were very comfortable around me. And then you encouraged me. I'm like, well if he going to read, I'm I might like, go bring me up a book too. And then later I was like, oh this is actually really nice. Hmm. And remember sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, could you just read aloud what you're reading?" You're like, "Oh, uh, no, I don't do that." Like like you're like, "This is my own personal thing." Yeah. You yeah. remember that, you know, yeah? Some I do. couples be I reading to each other, like that's how they do it in the movies. But you were very like, "This book is mine." That, that's
1: the house that, uh, you know, yeah, the house in Rogers Park for those in Chicago. Uh, Amber and I sort of met at Rogers Par- Park. Our first date was like park. at the park. <laughs> Our first uh, date was at the, you know, um, the gay beach. Uh the dog beach. Oh, the, the dog, beach. dog beach. But you dropped me off. Okay, yeah. I used to live okay. Yeah, lived on the Gay Beach. We do
0: love Hollywood Beach, yeah. Like that that wasn't a dig in Hollywood then, Beach. Uh, we love Gay
1: we, Beach. Yeah, and then the Glenwood. But tab. it just yeah, wasn't there. And, yeah, Rogers, it's all Rogers Park. I guess that's technically Edgewater. But um neighbor neighborhoods of Chicago for those listeners. Uh yeah. No, I I yeah. That's it. All oh. right. Yeah, let's get into Speaking of Rogers Park, let's get into uh, Sankofa. So, okay. <laughs> that's
0: a horrible segue because it was well, the, a very I, different kind of movie.
1: It, all right. So, here's the thing I had heard uh, about Sankofa just doing research for this show, and I was looking up science fiction, uh, films, and Sankofa jumped out. And I tried to watch this maybe two or th- you know two years ago. Um, and then I tried to do it for the podcast a year ago, and the only way you could get this film was at Loyola University. So I called, which is in Rogers Park. Uh, so I called up Loyola University, and I was like, "Hey, I'm not a student. Could I still get this?" And they're like, "Yeah, we, you know, we'll work with you." And I talked to Amber, and she's like, "Why would why would we cover a film that could only be, you know, gotten? It's not even the Chicago fucking public library." She's like, "No." So I was like, "All right, I'll put Sankofa." On the back burner, and then maybe, like I don't know, four months ago, I saw an article because I, you know I read a lot of science fiction news, and I saw that Ava uh, uh, Duvernay basically got this put on Netflix, and she because she recognized the value of this film, it's a very important film, just and one of considered one of the most important diasporic uh, films. Uh, African diasporic films ever to ever be made, um, and it's like up there with Roots and yeah. Well, Roots was a TV show, um, so uh, I think
0: that's like a movie too.
1: No, um, no TV show.
0: I remember us watching Roots one summer during summer camp, and it was not like a cut to commercial break. It was like a uh, yeah, it so felt very um, like much like a movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's
1: long. Yes, I, I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, All so... of it. Uh, I think a fair bit because, um, LeVar Burton is in it and I like Star Trek. Uh, and basically <laughs> a little, a little I think it was a PBS. Yeah, yeah, it was PBS. Yeah, <laughs> they had the whole thing and I was homeschooled and one of the other kids I was homeschooled with, we watched that together. Uh, Kyle, just to learn about like you American history. Yeah. We're watching. Roots. Kuta Kinte. Yeah.
0: And Judy was in the other room just making muffins.
1: No, I watched it at, at his house. It's like, you know, it's important. No, uh, it
0: is. I, it just, it's shocking that these evangelical Christian moms who are so religious that they are homeschooling their kids would let them watch a movie this, about the transatlantic slave trade. So
1: it's, it's interesting, right? Because I think like slavery is something that white people love to talk about because it feels so distant. You know, it's like that's something from the past, and we've learned and we've grown. And those weren't true Christians owning slaves, right? Um, you know, we, now, us as Christians, like we don't have slaves, like we recognize that's wrong. So I think there's uh, a comfort in watching something like Roots because you recognize that Roots happens very clearly in the past.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. Like with all the vitriol rising up around critical race theory, you know, mostly in part by white people, I just don't see that.
1: Well, well, that was't the conversation in you know early 2000s, 2003, 2004, when I was in eighth grade watching this. Uh, that yeah, you know, critical race theory wouldn't be talked about. So the way you would talk about roots today was very different than the way you would talk about roots you know, 20 years ago, right? So you talk about roots 20 years ago. in history class is something of the past. What critical race theory forces you to confront is something that Sankofa explicitly does. Like Sankofa does a very unique thing in the sense that there is this merger between the past and the present. Correct. Which yeah. is the fantastical element where Roots is very firmly grounded in the past. And I think when when a film is very firmly grounded in the past, something like 12 Years a Slave or uh, you know Roots or anything, any slave narrative that's of the past, then you can just see it as an artifact of the past as that influences the present. Right. And so the way Roots would be taught today would be like, see, you know, Let's look at parallels of things today. Let's look at the prison industrial complex and how that is a, a mirror of what was happening in Roots, yeah. uh, whether it be, you know, the whipping scene, the fam- you know, the famous whipping scene of Roots, and then you would mm-hmm. cut to a scene of men being be- beaten in prison, right? Like you could see yeah. that parallel. That's what critical race theory forces people to do. Yeah. Um. So it's a it's a mindset. It's a mind frame.
0: No shock that Ava DuVernay is the reason that this got put on Netflix. Exactly. The success of Thirteenth
1: and exactly documentaries. Yeah. And I mean, it's just you know, I think for total you know spoiler warning, but also trigger warning, uh, rape, violence. Um. It's a disturbing film to watch. It
0: is, which we did not. No, fully I did. I I think Ben knew, but because Ben is really good at making our outlines and things like that. But when we went from, it, it was a shift for me. I I will say it was uncomfortable watching this film. Um, not only is it two hours long, which is a lot, you know, to the millennial who scrolls on TikTok all day, but I was fully prepared to watch Hamilton's Leslie Odom Jr. and. Cynthia, Revo and you know, not in Harriet, in this, yeah, we're uh, in needle and time stack, more of like so a love story. We, so, yes, yeah, so when we pivoted from like a campy time travel film to slavery, it, it was a little jarring at first. Um, but I do feel that the movie is really grounded in, in like you said, this, this, like this Sankofa bird that turns behind itself to like pick up something from the past. And it, it it did a really great job talking about, you know, how we commercialize tourism and how, e- even though the majority of the movie was set in like on the slave plantation, the big takeaway, cause we really haven't broke it down yet. The big takeaway is that some of these like ancient ruins and holy ground that we, walk on today and and give tours on today are now caught up in this cycle of like capitalism and commercialized tourism, which sadly is the only way that some of these islands or countries are thriving. It's like tourism is a, is a huge part of the economy.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I can jump into a a summary. Uh, So it's a black America. It's about a black American model, uh, Mona, uh, who's doing a photo shoot in Ghana at a, a castle that was sort of like the last jumping off point before the tra- transatlantic slave trade.
0: I thought she was Guyanese. Like, no. Like she was a model from Ghana and they were N- like filming in Burkina Faso or something.
1: Uh, no, no. She is, she's American because at one point, Uh, Uh, when they remember when they try to drag her away and she's like oh yes yes you're right okay shut Uh, me up i'm sorry no it's it's okay so basically what happens she is doing this photo shoot and she's confronted by this holy man and musician and his name is sankofa and he says you know return to your past and essentially it's sort of implied that he almost like transports her or curses her to go back in the past. So after she's doing her photo shoot, she sort of jumps behind this tourist uh, guide who's you know showing this old battleground and talking about how this was the final place before slaves were sent away. And she goes into this little dungeon area and she wakes up and she's been transported back in slavery times mm-hmm. with no memory of the present. So what happens is that the narr- there you hear a shift in narration where Mona, who's this model played by the same actress, becomes Shola and has no memory that she was once Mona. Mm-hmm. Which is really, that whole idea is like super chilling. It, it's almost illogical the way they do it. And, I, and I've sort of thought about this, this idea that when she's transformed back in time the transportation was so traumatizing that she forgot everything about the present and so so they fuse the past and present together and so the most of the film takes place uh, about with Shola being at this um, slate this slave plantation um, so yeah like what did you think about when we just first started watching it because you know with the photo shoot because you mentioned something about um, uh, what I say You were talking about influencers, (laughs) about influencer culture.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's switch gears for a second because you brought that up. We we watched this documentary on HBO. We probably talked about this on the podcast in the past. It's called like Fake Famous or something. And, And at the end, it shows a really great montage of how people like how nothing is sacred anymore like how people will go to the Mona Lisa and take a selfie with it. Like you're the, the it's the picture is mostly to confirm that you traveled there. It's not, uh, look at this immaculate sculpture. It's It's, experiential. It's it's not experiential. It's like, like, look how much money I have. And I, I vividly remember even things like that happening when, remember when like Notre Dame caught on fire Mm -hmm. and everybody was posting on Instagram, like, uh, TBT to the summer that I studied abroad there. And it was just like, what? Uh, this building is burning. Like wh-? Compared
1: to like my artist friend, Jeremy, who literally drew a Nickelodeon-inspired rendition of the Notre Dame because <laughs> he was so traumatized. He didn't you know, yeah. post about it. But I think you're talking about two very different reactions, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which is this reaction – of how can I embrace this and you know think about it in my own terms? And which how can is I my...
0: remind people that I had the money to go? Yeah, to Yeah, or friends. or
1: compared to someone else who's like, yeah, to to show off that they, you know, have been to this place. All right,
0: right. So this this film sort of tackles like when we go on these like you know when we go to places where there's been a lot of blood spilled and genocide and we take our phone out and we go, and so it it, it does a really good job of addressing that. And and this film was made in the nineties. So as you can imagine, like that's definitely happening now, but I guess the people who live on these lands are like, this is one way that our country really makes a lot of money. Like people want to see all of this like trauma and pain and, Storytelling, and they're invested in it, but they also want pictures of it so they can post their like incredible influencer post with you know the caption and the the reflection. And I get it because I'm sure people are looking at it like, bitch, you post on Instagram every day, and I do. But
1: yeah, there's this nonchalantness when we're introduced to this like tourist guide, the way he talks about the slave trade. Right. It's very like this happened, you know, where um, you're just making me think uh, about uh, visiting uh, Vashem, which is the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. I, when I went there, it's a very like sake, you know, it's designed to be a sacred experience mm-hmm. uh, to an extent in which the Israeli government use like they'll literally take foreign diplomats there and then they'll like take them through this Holocaust museum and then they'll immediately talk start talking to them about, you know, making a like a trade deal or something. Mm. Like, like after putting you through this like yeah, emotional uh, yeah, almost as a level of manipulation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point being said is like you don't take pictures at Yavshem, Right. Like you, you don't there's there's some really disturbing things I, I just don't want to talk about on this podcast. I think we could get distracted. About talking about the Holocaust, um, but I, I, you're right. The way the way we talk about the Holocaust, or the way Holocaust museums here, even in the U.S., is very different than the way we address um, uh, monuments or or uh, symbols of slavery. Like oh, for sure. Like uh, in the beginning of the film, there's this preacher, almost like a griot, which is since doing this podcast, I've you know, discovered that term. Um, from people like P. Jelly Clark and yeah. Marlon James, um, you know, uh, writers that, you know, we've read for this podcast, continue to read for this podcast. Um, and uh, in, uh, you know, South Carolina, the, the preacher at the beginning of this film talks about almost like an invocation before a, a church service mm-hmm. and talks about, all the places uh, that have been affected by the slave trading he mentions the rice fields of South Carolina. And I only discovered the rice fields about, of South Carolina uh, when I watched a film about um, uh, South Carolina schools and a very particular law in South Carolina which allows any police to arrest a child for uh, under the crime of disturbing class and it's sort of mm. a, right and so and so this filmmaker made a film called on these grounds and the filmmaker does a pretty good job connecting the uh, rice fields the slave rice fields of South Carolina to the way black kids are being treated in South Carolina schools the, the, the film is called on these grounds uh, I think it might be also titled Spring Valley as well it might have two titles so definitely go check that out but I remember um, this what you know, Sankofa is, is doing something very similarly, uh, that we don't treat these no monuments, these symbols of slavery with the same amount of reverence.
0: And you know, to sort of just like zoom that out even more, I was talking to you about that in the car today. It's like what what is sacred now in in general, um with with a camera in your pocket, you know, like back then people, like you had to buy a really nice camera or whatever. But right now every person walking around for the most part has a phone, has a button to record, has an an ability to take pictures. And so, you know, with this whole car situation, like you're like, I'm feeling very insecure that I just hit our car and you want to like show this to the world. Like, obviously that's not as like, grand and as traumatic as slavery but i i i can feel that happening it, it happens to everybody it's like we're we'll have a, an intimate moment and i have to sort of make a a decision in my head of like oh should i capture this should i not like we are filming our lives but i i do want to keep this between me and ben like what still is going to just be ours yeah you know
1: yeah no i agreed and i think However, at the same time, you know, there are things the U.S. decides to keep more sacred than other things, you know. Of course. Uh, and that's, you know, unfortunate. Uh, there is the there's the one scene.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the Martis. one
1: scene, though, like when a, we're getting close to like halfway through the film. And it sort of just follows the day-to-day life of slaves on this plantation mm-hmm. in a way that is incredibly respectful. Like, I, let, I read a great review by a—actually, a Chicago um, reviewer that sort of blew my mind, uh, Robert Daniels. And he, he said there's a thrum, quote, a thrum with a reference uh, of the Ancestors like a thrum of the reverence for the ancestors within this film, unlike, and he makes a comparison with Antebellum, which is a film we covered oh, yeah. on the show. And there's not this, you know, there's a level of respect for the slaves who went through this and showing them their life, their love, their laughter, them eating food, right? Just like living and their them, life.
0: like, you know, obviously this didn't happen on every plantation, but and them saying like, you know, fuck that shit yeah. and revolting.
1: Yeah, there is there is a revolt. And also... Because
0: I, I remember watching it, I was like, I am only going to be able to stomach like another rape, yeah. another whipping there- for so long. And I know that like, everything doesn't have to be life is but a dream. But if these slaves don't... If, if they don't have... If we don't have just one or two breaths of fresh air, like this is just... A 90-minute mutilation. Like, I, yeah. I, I can't keep watching this. And you remember, you asked me at one point. You were like, Is, are you okay? I was yeah, like... Yeah, I, ch- I was trying to after, check in with you. Well, there was this one scene oh where this, God. like, pregnant mother was just uh, whipped to death. I, and she died. I, and I did not... I'm, they had to remove the baby. And I was just like, Ben... I, I yeah. <laughs> i have been being patient with there's you there's literally I, a c-section
1: with a machete yeah I was like I, was,
0: I, I can't watch I was this thing like, uh, what I, did I just like force
1: in, Amber to do like like, like, in
0: the state that I'm in right now I, if these slaves don't like put a gun to the back of somebody's throat at the end of this movie if these people if these if these stolen Africans like my ancestors don't have like just a moment of retribution yeah. like I cannot conti- like you have to go look up for me that they had a moment please cuz yeah. this is really hard to watch and I know that it's we have to watch hard things sometimes but I mean it was um yeah it, that, it, it that, it's hard to get through yeah I, that I'll be honest
1: that scene was the most intense because um the 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 pregnant woman being whipped to death she attempts to escape uh because the narrator Shola uh, who is also Mona, but doesn't know that she's Mona, is narrating and saying that this woman wanted to have her baby in freedom, right? And it, there's this really intense scene. She's whipped, and she's being forced. Uh, the the people doing the whipping are, um, you know, uh, f- you know, field hands who were uh, black men who are overseers.
0: Yeah, they're turned into head men for the yeah, white men. Yeah. Whatever.
1: And they don't want to do this, but they're forced to do it. And um, and so you sort of see their struggle to, like, do these horrific things. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. But something that that scene reminds me of, because essentially they stop whipping her when they see that she's, you know, about to die. And all the slaves jump in and sort of surround her as mm-hmm. Nunu, who is sort of the matriarch. Um, a, a woman who speaks, uh, you know, in the mother tongue, the power of the mother tongue is really important in this film. And she gives, she helps this baby. She, and amidst death, there is birth, there is life. So there's this level of hope as well. And so, but it also reminded me, uh, where I remember reading, I think it was in Ring Shout, um, or maybe it was the interview we did with P. Jelly Clark, where he talked about how slaves did rebel in little ways. Like we we talk about Nat Turner and, you know, this big rebellion or, you know, but in reality, there were all these little ways that slaves were rebelling and were resisting. And it wasn't just, you know, huge ways of fighting, kill, murder. It was, you know, maybe poisoning a little bit of the food or like, um, or learning how to read or, you mm-hmm. know, learning how to throw shade or just the, the, these little things that were discovered to be sub, uh, subversive. And in that scene, they essentially stop listening to the white people, the white slavers, and they protect Nunu as she helps this woman give birth. And I was like, OK, so th- there is hope to this yeah. film.
0: We had we had a moment to breathe. Uh, uh, let's let's take a quick break. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, listeners, it's Amber here. Are you a black business owner? Because if you are, you need to take your tail down to my description box section and fill out the black business owners form. So for Black History Month, I will be showcasing 28 businesses on my Instagram account bur I am so it's 28 days one business a day one black business a day and so if you would like your business to be showcased and you want to be like in the running for that please fill out that Google form in the description box and give me the best of you now you're going to be asked to submit a headshot and a 30 second video of your brand and that video will be shown to my followers so that we can hopefully send some traffic and some money your way okay okay so if you're a black business owner be sure to fill out that form. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, Ben, so we're back we're and back. we want to talk a little bit like, you know, cause there are probably a couple of listeners who didn't actually just watch the movie with us, but I think they understand the general gist of it. But I remember you were, had some reflections going out of the movie today that maybe the listeners could sort of access. So yeah. why don't you talk to me about what's been on your mind since you've watched the movie? Sure. On this great MLK day. Well, we're Recording my MLK Day.
1: So the film ends up. Uh, it ends with a rebellion on the sugar plantation, and Shola, who has been raped by the master throughout this time, uh, ends up killing the master, and uh, and she ends up being transported then back into the present, presumably remembering her re-remembering that she is Mona a black American model, but still has memories of Shola. And there's this beautiful scene where she walks out of where she's been transported. And her photographer, this white dude is like, where were you? You know, and she goes and she sh- sits down with other Ghanans and just looks out and, you know, across the the ocean. And, you know, I was wondering like, has there been moments like, those, like, singular moments or moments where you discovered knowledge. And this, mo- and for Mona, it's the realization that Shola, maybe her ancestor, maybe herself, who had to re-experience this, it changed everything about her, right? Like, we know, you know, Mona isn't going to be a model after this, right? Like, she's going to be, you know, an advocate. You know, she's going to be doing something amazing, uh, thinking about the future of of Mona, so I was wondering if there's any like singular, now like events where you discovered, um, you know, prefer you know, preferably within like you as an adult, not so much you as a child, because you know, Mona, most people don't, you know, discover things after their you know twenties that change their lives, you know.
0: Um, I would say not specifically a location. But anytime I have uh, conversations with my maternal grandmother, hmm. I really leave those unchanged. And she's like, you know, a very southern, like, older, just country woman who's had six kids and just was truly raised in the culture of, like, I wasn't allowed to get a job. There was no birth control. Like, you know, yeah. you sat, you've sat with yeah. me as... as had stories with her i'm remembering
1: specifically that the the story of her trying i think we've we referenced it before on this show yeah but yeah of her trying to give herself an abortion by falling off the stairs just like jumping off the stairs with
0: her like fourth pregnancy or something but yeah anytime i talk to her and and you know obviously she loves all six of her children and she's she wouldn't i wouldn't even think she would describe herself as very educated or bright like she doesn't really have um She doesn't have knowledge, like, formal school training past, like, sixth grade or something. But I always learn something having those conversations with her. And I don't know, especially now that I'm experiencing pregnancy myself, I've been really just connecting more with my mother and my grandmother and just, like, learning about, you know. Just like growing up and getting older, like it's it's not contentious like it was when I was like a a high schooler or anything. But I can't really think about any specific land that I have had the pleasure of like going to and learning the history of and and that connected with me for obvious reasons. But maybe one day.
1: Well, you know, I wanted to ask you like, would you ever be interested in going across like the West Coast of Africa. Oh, I mean, you know, I would love like, to do that. You man. know,
0: you know my goal is to do like a 23 and me ancestry and then like find my country of origin and like one day when I just like literally have disposable income, I would love to just
1: I mean, we could do that. We, we can fly, dispo- we could go to Nigeria, we could go across man, man. The Ivory ivory Coast, Nigeria. We go. We could go to Ghana. Like that's possible. We can do that.
0: I know, but I would like to specifically track as best I could, as best as history. The specific location. Okay. Yeah, but I definitely want to go to an African country in the next, hopefully, two to three years, for sure. Our doula just came back from Ghana, and I just can't wait to. Pick, talk to yeah. her about everything and pick her brain about birth workers there. And, but that, that would be like major for me.
1: One of, uh, my biggest anxieties actually came out in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. so Nunu, who is the, um, matriarch, she is, uh, you know, a, a medicine woman of a sort and on the, uh,
0: Go stop that. That's. I just had a... You're fine. (laughs) How embarrassing. That's my reminder to wash my face at night because I'm very bad at that. It's fine. (laughs) I'm not stopping rolling because we are so tired. But So you were talking about one of your biggest anxieties came out.
1: Right. So uh, we haven't talked about this other character uh, at all, Um, but Nunu has a son, uh, Joe. And Joe, uh, it, 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 uh, Joe's father is a white man, and he was born, um, Nunu was raped by a white man that we don't yeah, see. Yeah,
0: let's not be like, and Joe's loving father. Was and Joe's
1: like... loving father, uh, and so, but Joe, because he's light-skinned, he has blue eyes, becomes an overseer, and he ends up becoming very close Friends, or I don't know, like follows the priest in this film, and he becomes a hardcore Christian, and and rejects everything that Nunu believes. Right, and that is the biggest fear: is that my child, or even like students that I teach, you know, I teach civics, and they end up accepting some like info wars, right wing ideology. That is so far from everything I tried to like provide them with, like critical thinking skills that they wouldn't fall under. You but know, but haven't
0: you done that to your parents? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? Your parents are very Christian, very conservative, and you have swung the pendulum yeah. the other way.
1: Yeah, but it, spoiler alert: I <laughs> I did not murder my mother.
0: Oh, yeah well yeah of course
1: uh, but I and I'm not a belligerent militant atheist right I'm something that William Rowe would call a friendly atheist okay there's a there's a term William Rowe who is a, a great atheistic uh, philosopher who I subscribe to um and so you have people like Richard Dawkins who can be sort of a dick and other atheists who I love and they're but like part I- um, but William Rowe is like, be a friendly atheist. Like, you can still drink a cup of coffee or drink a beer with a conservative Christian. Like, that's okay. I, while
0: I agree that you can, I do, I have not experienced you doing that when we go home to your family. I'm, I have experienced, like, the minute your mom brings out the dessert, you're ready to, like, rumble with your father.
1: Oh, but, but me and my, like, I am. And it's Entirely like a little respectful.
0: more than banter. I'm, no, you're not.
1: I'm, I am I feel I, when I ask my dad, I check in with him later. I'm like, did I offend you? And he's like, no. <laughs> like me and my dad have a great relationship. Oh, y'all have, we have a really good relationship. relationship. But you um, will
0: sort of be very like, okay, so you believe in some pie in the sky? Like you you will
1: uh, you
0: pick <laughs> a little bit and I'm just like, ben. I
1: think I mean, but I do it in the same way that, I mean, where I'm from Long Control Island. Him. And so people from Long Island and my you know, my family, Sometimes the way they say things is interpretive. You know, it's not you know Southern hospitality in any kind of way. So I think like maybe maybe what you're picking up on is like a cultural difference and that you're not sensitive to. Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, I just blacked out. So you're you're saying because I'm a nice old Southern gal that I am misinterpreting your long island banter as more harsh than it is
1: maybe i don't know uh i i think
0: it's not i mean it's never been like violently and super aggressive but your dad uh your dad will be like oh ben don't say that you know that you know that's your dad
1: yeah my dad he's he's really sweet but he is a he he was a pastor he you know he's very involved with his church and we still like, we have read a lot of religious books together. We still read religious books. We're going to read another one. We actually just, we need to discuss it. I keep on putting it off. Um, uh, but I do love, I still read religious books. I still read the Bible. Um, I still believe it's very important. But, but, your, I, but I, but if Wilde comes
0: home and is like, I'm really living vacation Bible school. I want to get baptized. I want to do all these things. God, you you got to let her know. do that, man. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Like that's sort of, but I think in this case, Joe in the film is like, you are because you're not Christian, because you pray to, you know, you practice Ephra or, you know, a, an African religion or you recognize spirits that you are of the devil literally Joe yeah, thinks nice his cool, mother yeah. is of the devil. I would never want her to come yeah, in here and, and be like the way and,
0: y'all raised me has been horrible Yes, y'all are devil. Yeah, that yeah. Would, that would crush me. Right.
1: Like that's what I'm talking about, right? And I don't think my parents I don't think my parents think I'm of the devil. I think my my dad probably still thinks I'm saved and be you know God I knows my heart type of thing or maybe I'm the elect and eventually I'll turn to Christ at the end of my life or like there's this level you. Yeah. that he you know the what we call hermeneutical gymnastics. You sort of reframe your theology. I would
0: love to look that word up once her, you finish. Uh, it.
1: Her, hermeneutical, yeah, the yeah, way you I interpret just... scripture, and you the gymnastics is you sort of flip around and, and and manipulate the scriptures to sort of feed in what you hope to yeah, believe. Yeah, a lot of
0: people come like cherry pick.
1: Yeah, like yeah, one, which is w- which is everybody does it. It's it's part of what it means to be human but my, my point is <laughs>
0: back, back up off the mic you okay I'm just you like it's it's scary happening. it's oh, yes, you
1: know yes, it's yes. scary to think what happens uh, the vitriolic hatred that Joe experiences yeah, towards his mother, his mother. Oh. Uh, to oh, the point horrible. where he he drowns her mm. and it's really her- And and immediately after he does it he's horrified and he goes and he murders the priest that has compelled him to see his mother as part of the devil. He's like, my mother was a saint, and it's just, it's so. Well, that's powerful. the thing about
0: Joe. It's like he was brainwashed by right. a priest, and so
1: manipulated. We yeah. and
0: manipulated, and so we're hope we're hoping that if God forbid that ever happens to our child, you know, I'll be able to point the finger and and. And put a hit out on somebody is what I'm saying. <laughs> Damn, uh, you never know. I, I I've heard it's hard being a parent. I'm so, not above putting a hit out on somebody.
1: So I I wanted to ask you, when would it be appropriate to start teaching a child about the evil of humanity or like the terrible things of oh, like, humanity, like, like explicitly? Yeah. slavery. I would
0: recommend before second grade (laughs) because you remember my devastated by Harriet Tubman story which I've told several times, but if you need this podcast, like in thirty seconds or less, I found out at school about slavery, and it was not fun. And I had white friends at that time, so I was just looking at everybody like, "You all knew about this," I, and even I, I went home and cried to my mother, and I was like, "This is going to happen again." Like, wh- why did you tell me this happened? Like, oh it was devastating. God. So I, I, and and I think every black person has a story of like when they discovered that they were black. Like we all knew our skin was black, but the implications of being a black American. Um, And so it is my hope that, as soon as she can walk, <laughs> we'll, we'll start getting to it. We'll be like, let me tell you that the world is a little bit crazy.
1: The other thing that this film... Oh, you
0: want to talk tonight, huh? Yeah, I it's do. We are at 59 minutes. Okay, and yeah. And you're the... like, and so... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, right.
1: the, the Sankofa, it's a great fucking film. It, it asks is. more questions than it gives answers to. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, but the other thing it sort of explores is that.
0: But the other thing is that I'm carrying your child, and you got to go to sleep. Almost. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, but, but go ahead.
1: Let Let me get into this this last bit because I, I want some listener engagement. Like, write us questions. Write us, you know, great reviews. Um, send us questions. <laughs> uh, write you're us. Still listening. Write us <laughs> reviews. Did I say that already? Yeah. All right. True. So, I. Uh,
0: Lastly, 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 so many
1: lastlies <sighs> drunk, uh,
0: that's why you talking, that's, that's why I need to cut your mic, all
1: right, so the thing that the Sankofa, which is the name of the bird, but also the name of the man who's the guardian of the sacred ground, he sends Mona back to experience slavery as Shola so that Mona can learn the trauma. Right now, with our future technologies, even like you know, role-playing games, people can go and play as a cowboy in Red Dead Redemption 2. You, in you a hear, video game. In a video game. You, you hear where I, I'm going I, with I this? Smell what you you hear what I'm going with this? And it, it, it the film almost implies that for you to really understand this, you have to go and experience And yet we can create virtual experiences. And recently, uh, Imaginary Worlds, great fucking podcast. It's like NPR, but for fucking nerds. They did this whole thing on role-playing games. And one of them is you could play within the world of the Antebellum South. And it was created by a black creator. And I keep on thinking, like, is that a way for people to, like, learn about trauma? In the same way, you can go and you could read 12 Years a Slave. You can read this book. You can read about slavery. So, what do you think? Is it appropriate to play video games, or because I I can't really think of anything. It
0: it feels cringy, but I think it can be done if it's done correctly. Like, it cannot be one of those games where people can talk to each other over the headsets. Like, you know how there are some games you can play like solitary, like like slave virtual reality sounds like bat bat shit crazy. It sounds fucking ins- um, Yeah, or like. A- But I do think that it can be done, like, if you do want to, I don't know, educate a younger generation, that is what they are into, and I think it can be done with reverence, but like I said, like you just said, it needs to be created by black creators, it needs to have history throughout the game, and it needs to not be like... All right, if you just revolt tonight, slavery will be over and you win. Like yeah. it, it, it cannot be that because then people will internalize, like, well, why didn't slaves just revolt like that? That would have been the end mm. of all their problems. It's like this is where the miseducation mis-edu- is beginning, um, the- or or this idea that a, a singular character in this game makes certain decisions to ensure their survival when it's like. I, I it, it it is no fault of my ancestors when they were killed and when they weren't like sometimes it was just people were in the field and, and a, a master like went crazy. Like, I, I, I don't like this idea of like, well, the ones who were obedient survived and the ones that did like it, it would there's just a, be
1: a, a, there's a level of random. Yes, there's a randomizer yes, factor, which is were, part of board gaming. Yeah, or there, if you were randomly
0: always... victimized as a as a rape victim if you were a woman. Like there is no like playing playing as a different gender in the game would mean different things. Playing as a different skin tone in the game would mean different yeah. things. So it, it it would just get off the rails. And I, I think there's a way to do it without maybe like playing. They did try to do some sort of like MLK virtual tour. Like look this up in a minute. Um, but I, I think even that was like vetoed early. Yeah.
1: The, the reason I bring this up is that there was an RPG that was created that what ex- is a, RP- a role-playing oh, oh, game, role-playing game. Okay, um, a tabletop tabletop RPG dealing with slavery and they're like okay the question was is this okay or not and what I keep on thinking is like whenever someone made a tabletop RPG game of Holocaust and like you're a Holocaust concentration camp and you have to figure out a way to survive and not be sent to the fucking ovens like how fuck like of course we wouldn't think about that as a game we would never think about that as a game so why the fuck we wouldn't
0: for a couple of well we we wouldn't also because people have accepted and atoned for and and learned the roots Mm -hmm. of the holocaust in the ways that people have not with the yeah. American slave trade, which is why this need for like this gamers, like maybe we should create something because these motherfuckers, they, they're vetoing critical race theory. They're, they don't want to learn more. They're like, we're, we're more divided than ever. Like, so maybe one way to reach the masses is that like there is no, there is a general consensus about the Holocaust that is not the case in the States. Yeah. Like when you still have people rocking Confederate flags at, on their T-shirts. Like, you know? Yeah. So it's.
1: Well, there are a lot of Holocaust deniers. There are people who say. Yeah, but they're not. Like, like, like most like, of the country of Egypt believes like 300,000 Yeah, 300, but you can't wear a shirt that says like,
0: killed. I don't believe in the fucking Holocaust without being like. Yeah. Whereas you can wear a Confederate flag shirt in the U.S. Yeah. In and, certain and like, regions. And people are like, yes, yeah, it's, whatever. It's heritage it, it, yeah. or, or whatever. Like. Like you will Oof. be shamed, <laughs> and w- if you do that with the Holocaust, you yeah. know, in the U.S. and like, like I s- or like even like the reparations, like right, like it's it's very different. So I think it's like while this is very well intentioned and it's it's seeking to reach maybe a younger audience, maybe a denier of sorts, it's. It's just, it would go up in flames because people would be like, see, if the slaves just knew how to swim, they would have been able to swim to the north or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, I don't want to hear any of that bullshit.
1: Yeah. All right. And with
0: that being said. Let's, let's get into the
1: size.
0: <laughs> what? I, oh, what's the size?
1: I mean. I was about to say, I was about to warp trigger, up the tr- Yeah, that. Well, trigger warning. There is rape. It's long. You um, know. it's made for entertainment. It's not made for entertainment. It's like not this-
0: as fantastical as like some of the other things that we've covered on the show. I'll yeah. say that it's like the, the one big travel time travel element is the fantastical element, but you know, which is nice. We don't always have to watch things with like super high tech and things like that. But yeah. you, you will not go into this movie being like, this is going to be a, a fantasy with giants and fairies and ogres. It's like, no, no, no. Well, not, not but there are one, monsters. They're just,
1: they're monsters. People. They look like me. <laughs>
0: With and with that being said, Ben, your child is kicking me.
1: All right, well, why don't you warp up the show? In conclusion, Asankofa is a must for anyone interested in film, capital F. It is a film that explores questions that are still haunting us today. So be ready to think when you watch this.
0: Thanks, Ben. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side. Up next, we will be watching Night of the Kings on Hulu. It is an otherworldly prison drama from the Ivory Coast, directed by Philippe LeCote. Please, I hope I didn't butcher that. So be sure to watch Night of the Kings on Hulu, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all.